Embusan and Bunkai are the Thelma and Louise of the karate kata world. In that, everybody kind of knows about them. Most people kind of know about them. And most people don't really care if they drive them off a cliff. But we do, and that's why we're going to be talking about Embusan and Bunkai today. Hey everyone, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Dave Nixon, and I'm a lifelong student of karate and the martial arts, but I'm also an instructor and a dojo owner. Whether you're just starting out in the martial arts, getting ready for your black belt, or you have your own dojo or your own club, we've got you covered. Welcome to Canadian Dojo. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 17 of the Canadian Dojo podcast. And like I said in the intro, today we are talking about Embusan and Bunkai. And I will be the first to admit that one of these things is more important than the other. Uh, and that is that Bunkai is more important than Embusan. And there's a very specific reason for that, which we'll get to when we start talking about Bunkai. But I'm going to actually start with, with Embusan. So... If you're unfamiliar with the term, and, and a lot of people in karate are unfamiliar with the term, because the reality is that Embusan itself is not is not practiced everywhere. Like there are there are super traditional clubs out there that are are just don't adhere to this to this rule. And if you're unfamiliar with Embusan, the idea is that Embusan roughly translates as um, uh, your starting spot. So it's a Japanese term it, in, in karate, used to, where, where it's used to refer to the spot where a kata begins, as well as the kata's lines of movement. Uh, it's not often stressed in Okinawa uh, or Okinawan katas, but nearly all Japanese-influenced kata uh, start and end on exactly the same spot, or the embusan point, which is also called the kiten, K-I-T-E-N. So... You know, as I say, these Japanese kata are mostly arranged to start and end on or around the same spot, and a lot of them were originally modified from the um, their Okinawan uh, grandfathers, Okinawan ancestor katas, uh, to accomplish sort of this thing. So, where did this concept of embusan come from? Because it's not embusan isn't something that is in the in the canon of karate. It, it is actually a relatively in the cosmic history of things when it comes to karate, it is actually a relatively new point. And uh, what I'll say with that is that when I say it's a relatively new point, I'm talking that it's it's over, well over, it's 100 years old. So, you know, in the history of, of karate, if you go back to the, 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 the Budo and the samurai sort of systems uh, that that led to the martial way and to you know and, and then the influence from uh, uh, you know China with Chinese kung fu coming into Okinawa and the development of that sort of fighting system and turning it into karate. What your four hundred years, five hundred years, where so 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 the embassy idea has been around for twenty uh, percent of that time, twenty five percent of that time, but it's still you know considered by some to be a new rule. And, you know, the idea is that, that, or the original thought for the idea of, of why Embasan is there is that, you know, its purpose is to allow movements to be practiced in a small training space. So, you know, in your mind's eye, envision that you have, 
15 people on a dojo floor. Now, you've got to remember that some dojo floors, my floor is big enough to have 15 people on it. Uh, but traditionally speaking, no, that, that, that wasn't the case. You'd have three or four people, five people on a, on a dojo, you know, five grown adults. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting up close and personal with each other. So, so if everybody's doing a kata and they're all ending up in different spots and then you repeat the kata, well, they end up in a different spot again. Then you end up, it's like, it's like, you know, waves on a shore. It's like, it's like something floating in the sea. So the idea was to create that, that uh, consistency and that, you know, regimented approach to it, which let's be honest, is, is a very sort of Japanese uh, philosophy when it comes to uh, a martial training. So everybody, you know, what it was, is designed to, uh, um, you know, end up on the exact same spot, uh, when they're doing their, uh, their, their, their and, uh, you know, just, uh, to accommodate small training spaces. You know, the rule of Emerson is that any movements in one direction should be symmetrical and countered uh, by an equivalent number of moves in the opposite direction. So when you think about a kata like Taikyoko Shodan or Taikyoko Geidan or Hand Shodan or, or something like that, or even some of the Goju katas, uh, 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 Seunchen, uh, Saifa, what you do on one side, you do equally on the other. There's a forward movement. And then there's a backward movement. You move up by a count of, let's say, three, as you do in a kata like Seunchen, but you also do in a kata like Heian Shodan or, or uh, Heian uh, Nidan or something to that effect. So you move up in three, but you also move back in three. So there's an inevitability that you're going to end up on or around your embassy. The question, though, comes down to the whole thought of, well, why even bother with it? Right, if it's not a traditional aspect of of, of kata, because you got to remember again, kata were katas were developed by people in specific for specific things, which we're going to talk about more. We're going to elaborate more on in, in, in bunkai. Um, so when you're uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, the, these katas being developed, so so this from a self defense aspect, there was no grand meeting of the minds where all of the kata masters and all these people who created the katas followed uh, you know, a set of standardized government rules that says, well, okay, this kata, blah, 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 blah. You know, these katas weren't designed by committee. <laughs> Good Lord, that would be terrible. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't do that. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so these katas weren't designed by committee. They, 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 were, they were designed for a very specific purpose. And there's no rule that says that these m- movements have to end up on the, on the, the same spot. That's, that, that's, not, that's not something that is, uh, was ever sort of predetermined or is in the canon of designing a kata. It just doesn't work that way. But Gichin Funakoshi, who is, you know, the father of Shotokan and, and in many ways the father of modern karate, you know, he said in his book, uh, Karate Do Kyohan, um, whatever goes must come back. In karate, the points at which one starts and completes the kata must coincide. And failure in this indicates either that an incorrect step has been taken or that a variation in the lengths of stride has caused deviation from the correct positions. So there you go. So that that's Funakoshi. And, and, and basically he's, he's sort of, you can argue 
the person who kind of, you know, put this all together when it comes to Embison and this concept, because prior to him writing about this in, in, in this one book, he never really mentioned it. So maybe he was doing it in his dojo, right? But I, I, I don't know that because you'd be surprised that there is a, a, a actu- there's actually a, a, a shocking lack of literature on, on Embison because a lot of, a lot of clubs don't practice it. A lot of a lot of major styles around the world don't practice it. Most of the styles that are Japanese based do, but but you know some of the traditional Okinawan style, uh, styles they don't do embasan. They don't focus on it. It's not part of their it's not part of their kata, even though they will end up near their embasan regardless. Um, but it's not it's not it's not part of the system. I personally know katas from uh, other styles of karate that, yeah, there is a snowball's chance in hell. Right there's a there, there there's a, a, a you know a white belt chances in hell of of you know what uh, of of landing on the embassy, uh, it's just not going to happen. It's not meant to happen. Not in that kata. So so it's not in all systems. But but Gichin Funakoshi is so is such a prevalent a predominant figure in 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 martial arts that his influence and his writings have influenced other styles beyond Shotokan. So, so you, you do see some aspects sometimes of it, um, you know, coming into, into other styles of, of karate. Uh, but again, that, that comes from, uh, that comes from, you know, Funakoshi's, uh, you know, in, influence, right? Um, you know, but even then, you know, uh, uh, Masatoshi Nakayama, and, I, and I'm actually reading this, by the way, because there's no way I can remember these quotes off the top of my head. Um, you know, the first movement of the kata and the last movement must be executed at the same point on the performance line. So, you know, so so he's following Funakoshi's, um, you know, line of thought as well. So ultimately, the question is, if it if it if it's not canon, if it's not if it's not if it, if it was not there in sort of the origin of kata as a, as a, as a thing, then why bother with it at all? If it's a relatively new addition, why bother with it at all? And we practice it at my dojo. I I, I talk about it at my dojo, um, because I think what Embasan does more so than anything, you know, obviously, you know, kata is in many ways symmetrical. So what you do on one side, you do on the other side. Like even if you think of a basic kata, like like hey and hey and shodan right when you turn that first move you you turn to your left and you low block with your left arm but when you do the counter turn to the other side you're you know turning to the right and blocking with your right arm so again there's a symmetrical aspect you know what of doing the technique off of both sides so so embason does help with that that symmetrical aspect of things right by getting you back to where you where you started so there's a symmetry in in finishing finishing where you start okay the other thing and i think far more important to be quite honest with you is that embason creates a uh, a spatial awareness if you will a situational awareness of where you are uh at any given point in, in, in your kata. So you're doing your kata, uh, you know, eyes, pace, breathing, focus technique, and ki, which we've talked about before in another podcast. But when you do your kata, 
and you're looking and you turn, you look before you move and you turn and, 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 you know, and you're aiming for something, but you're doing so without compromising your technique, without adjusting, you know, what, distorting your stances, without, um, you know, compromising your power or your breathing or the pace of your kata, right? I think, I think that, you know, kata is designed to give us a situational awareness beyond just the application of the, of, of the movements themselves, the self-defense movements themselves. Uh, I think when you're, if you've ever been in a real fight or anything along those lines, you know, if somebody's going to tackle you, you need to know that chair is behind you, you know, otherwise you're going to do a, you're going to, you're going to end up, you know, on your back in a pretty bad situation. So kata creates a situational awareness. And I think Ambison sort of truly, truly helps with that. So I, I think for those reasons alone, it's definitely it's definitely a good a good idea to to to, to practice it, and uh, uh, you know, and incorporate it into your your overall training. And of course, not to mention that if you're in a class of fifteen people, it's kind of nice if everybody's landing on or around the same spot, so that you know you're all not crashing into each other, and you know, as I say, getting getting up close and personal. So. You know, I'd like to say that there's going to be a future podcast on Embusan, but the reality is there isn't because there just isn't enough, enough out there, it, 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 you know, written about it or, uh, you know, researched about it. Some people do it. Some people don't. Some people care about it. Some people don't. At my club, we talk about it. We do it. We focus on it a little bit. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to fail anybody, if, you know, moving to black belt if they miss your Embusan by a couple of inches either way. Um uh, uh, I shouldn't have just said that. You know what? Ugh. Well, there goes there goes there goes all the pressure I apply to people during a black belt test. <laughs> but uh, anyway, there there we go. So that that that's Amazon. Now let's get into the bigger the bigger fish, right? So now we're we're going to talk about bunkai. So bunkai is a Japanese word that basically means application, more or less. Uh, and what it makes reference to is what you're doing. So when I'm teaching kata, I I do my best to it's not it's not enough to know the movements. Okay? So so again, a lot of a lot of clubs um they 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 focus on the how to do something, which I'm not going to it's important, obviously, it's important. But more important is the why. And I think that's that's what differentiates a lot of clubs, right? So it's that it's it's the why you do it that way. So when you show somebody how to do something, fantastic, you know, there we go. You need to explain to them why they should do it that way. That's the key here, and that's basically what bunkai is. It's the why, all right? And it's the difference between being somebody who does karate and somebody who knows karate okay at least that's how i sort of explain it explain it to my guys so so you know the application of the movements and again it's not just that we're talking about uh you know the sequences of movements that you do in a kata okay when you're talking about bunkai you're actually talking potentially about the application of the kihon techniques or the basic techniques that you might do as a line drill up and down a dojo floor or, you know, a step out drill, you know, when you're standing, you know, in a a smaller space. So you're executing the gate and barai, for example, or the low block or the low sweep, technically. What are you doing? What do you use it for? What's the application of the movement? 
So you, you kind of need to know that. And that's where, you know, some Ippon Kumite or some other aspects of other training where you come in, where you partner up with somebody and you, 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 you go back and forth doing that, doing that technique and doing it the way it's meant to be practiced in a partner drill. Okay. Cause remember a lot of kata, a lot of kar, kata, excuse me, a lot of kata is, is, you know, you can turn them almost into a flow drill. There's a, there's an aspect of partner, of partner training in, in a kata and, and, when you're when you're doing the like the basics, going back to the basics, when you're doing just the basics, you want to understand, you know, well, what is that? What is that Jodan Uki or that Agi Uki? What are, what are you doing? Okay, so what are you protecting yourself from? How do you execute a problem? You, can it be anything else other than than just that? So there's no saying that says every strike is a block and every block is a strike. So that's true. That's true. But but if but if a if 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 a block is a strike. And a strike can also be a block. Well, then there's got to be different applications. It can't just be that my high block is just for protecting the top of my head from somebody trying to hit it with a baseball bat. There's got to be something more to it than that. If I can do that, can it also be a rising elbow strike? Can I use it to push somebody's face back? You know, while, while I, you know, I'm setting up a, you know, what a, a an Aggie, an Aggie right? For example. So yeah, it can be that. It can be a strike as well. So, so there are different applications for, for the different basic techniques. So if you think about that, then it perfectly stands to reason that when you're doing a kata and you're studying the bunkai of that kata, that there are potentially different applications for that bunkai. So in a previous podcast, we have talked about, um, you know, the history of kata and how the history of karate and the history of kata are alt, are absolutely interlinked because for a very, very long time, the, um, you know, kata itself uh, was the way the karate was taught, you know, doing the line basics up and down really wasn't the way it was taught. You know, that's the, again, sort of relatively modern, go back to like the 1920s, 1910, something like that. But the, the kata was the way by the means by which the martial arts and karate was 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 taught and handed down and passed down. So the 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 application of the movements, when you think about it, if you go back into history for these kata, what is it? Well, it's it's a martial system. It's a system that is a a, a self-defense based system. So these katas were designed to convey self-defense, practical self-defense, self-defense movements, but they were a product of their time, okay? So the person who developed Konkudai, the person who developed Seyunshin, the person who developed uh, 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 Super the person who developed uh, Jion, right? These katas um, were, were designed with a very specific purpose in mind. So I'm going to throw a hypothetical out there. Okay, and I could be wrong when I say this. I, I I don't know. This is just sort of a hypothetical. It's just me sort of thinking off the top of my head. You know, you have a situation occur to you in life. You know, you see you see a, a fight. You see a you see a technique. You see somebody get into a fight with somebody else, and then you know you 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 see that oh I see what that person did as an attack, but this person didn't do that. But if this person had done this, then they would have been able to defend themselves. And then all of a sudden you start practicing that, 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 that movement that you, 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 you saw that movement, that, that, that defensive movement that you saw. And then, you know, 
you put it into a kata. <laughs> so, so these katas were designed because of very specific things that occurred to maybe this person's situation or this person's, you know, in this person's life. And they in turn, uh, uh, you know, made this sequence of movements and put it together. So the application that they had for it was based on a very specific event in their, in their life. I, I don't know what it was. I have no idea. Right. Um, and I, you know, a lot of that stuff, it just does, isn't known, right. It isn't known. So the application for the, for the bunkai, for the movement in that kata may not even exist anymore when you think about it. So somebody, you know, if you go back to sort of reading Shotokan Secrets by Dr. Bruce Clayton, uh, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing that he talks about in that book is actually designed to help defend you against uh, somebody with a musket. Now, again, I don't know who's going out there with muskets, right? Who's being attacked with a musket, um, you know, not, it's not, it's not, it's not very prominent anymore. Uh, you know, maybe in Hamilton. I think I've used that joke before, actually. <laughs> so there we go. You know, all my materials fresh. Um, so, so, so yeah, so that, that situation doesn't, doesn't exist anymore, right? That application for that movement doesn't exist anymore. So therefore, um, you know, you're looking for a new, a new application, right? A new bunkai application for that sequence of moves in the kata. I don't believe that, that, that these katas should be, should be rigid, right? I believe that the movements are what the movements are. I'm not talking about changing kata and changing movements and, and anything like that. That's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that, that I'm, I wouldn't, there's no hubris here. I wouldn't say that that's something we should be going around doing. I don't like it when people do do that. But I think that that uh, when you're talking about uh, about you know the bunkai application, I don't necessarily believe that there is just one application per sequence of movements. I believe there's maybe a best one, and then one that you know could be applicable and could work. But I don't necessarily think that there's just sort of one, you know, you know, uh, a bunkai application. I believe that 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 there should be some more. F- um, uh, fluidity in, 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 in those, in those movements, in those applications of the kata, um, as opposed to, as opposed to just sort of being completely, completely locked in. But, you know, I, I do try to show my guys that, you know, when, when they're ready for it. Uh, but I've been to dojos as well, where, you know, the instructor has basically said to people, well, what do you think they're doing in the kata and watch the students try to figure it out. And it's just like, uh, those guys need help. You know what that's, you know, you're the instructor. You should be, you know, kind of helping them along with this. Uh, but, but again, you know, when it comes to when it comes when it comes to bunkai, I I I am also a sort of a, a big believer in the in the kiss model of things. You know, the the keep it simple, stupid, right? That uh, the the most um, the direct sort of thought is generally speaking the 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 correct one. Generally. Uh, there are some katas that that sort of defy that, uh, but you know, again, I know I know a punch can be a block, but generally speaking, a punch is a punch is a punch. Um, so I, I I do I do I do lo- I do actually love watching instructors who don't actually know what the bunkai is, and then they're asked the question, "Well, what are you doing there?" And sometimes some of the answers are just like epic, epic and legendary. I just love it. I just love it. I just love seeing the the confusion. Uh, but 
But yeah, you know what? I, I think I think as as I was saying before, when it comes down to to understanding karate uh, and 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 doing karate, you need if you don't understand the bunkai of the kata, you just don't understand the kata, right? And it's it's important to know it, right? It's very important to know it because it's. It, it, it helps guide you in the pace of the kata, in the breathing of the kata. Uh, you know, when you understand what it is you're exactly doing, uh, it, it just, it, it, that's what you're, you want to do. It's what you want to know. You want to know that, right? Like why, why wouldn't you, I, I, I've seen, I've been to so many tournaments where I've seen people get up there and do beautiful kata, but they have no concept of what it is that they're actually doing. Uh, you know, and that's, I just, I find that, I find that funny. It's like all window dressing. It is. That's exactly what it is. Actually, it's window dressing. You look at the outside of the store and it's gorgeous and you go in and it's just hollow. So I, 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 you know what, I, I think when you're learning kata, ask your instructor, you know, talk to your instructor, you know what, do research, go onto YouTube. There's some great things on YouTube, uh, that, that show different perspectives of, of, of kata. Uh, so, so yeah, so listen, bunkai is important. Bunkai is, 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 you know, kata is, kata is the heart of karate. Bunkai is the heart of kata. Okay. So without understanding the application of the movements, you don't understand the kata. It's just, it's just a frilly dance. Okay. And kata is not a dance. Okay. That is not what it is about. So, so there we go, guys. So kind of a short podcast. They only, only, you know, 25 minutes, 26 minutes, but Embasan and Bunkai, I think when you put the two of them together and you incorporate that into your kata, uh, it really elevates your training to a to a, to the next level. And, you know, it's you, when you're a white belt and a yellow belt, you're struggling to learn the katas and, and the basic movements and all that stuff on its own. But as you, as you, you know, become more proficient, especially, you know, with, with the earlier katas as you progress forward and go up the food chain or the belt levels... I think that these are things that you really should spend time and and and, uh, and, and effort and focus on uh, because it's only going to enhance you as a martial artist. It's only going to enhance your training overall. So uh, so there you go. For my two cents, guys, Amazon and Bankai, you know what? Uh, try to figure out a way to incorporate them. Get them in there, right? Get them in there. You know what? So don't be somebody who just does karate. Be somebody who's a martial artist and understands what you're doing. Okay, guys. So there we go. Uh, thank you very much again for listening. I hope you're enjoying these things. I love doing them. I really do. I love the sound of my own voice. Uh, I'm going to have some guests over the next few weeks coming in and talking with me, which I love doing as well. So uh, so there we go. So if there's anything you want me to cover, you know, just reach out and let me know. And uh, that's it. So always, as always, uh, train safe, train smart, train hard, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much.